Welcome to the Free and Fearless podcast, where we talk about having more freedom and income than you know what to do with, creating digital products that people love, and making offers that practically sell themselves, all while serving your purpose and living your best life. Welcome to the audiobook experience of my book, High Value Offers, how to create desire and turn your course idea into the dream offer for your ideal student. If you want to grab your copy of the book, you can go to the link in the show notes. Now, let's dive into the chapters. Idea validation. Here's another important step of creating your high-value offer. Making sure there is demand for your course topic. What I'm about to share with you is basically market research, but in a much more casual, genuine, and intuitive way than what you might be used to. The goal here is to check if there is demand for your course before you create any content for it and before the launch. The worst we can do is invest all that time and energy into creating a program that no one needs. Before we begin, a quick reminder that a launch that doesn't generate any revenue doesn't necessarily mean you should move on to another course topic. There are many reasons why a launch flopped, such as not having the right audience or not having enough people in it. Maybe one of the other elements of the offer doesn't fit with everything else, or you people just aren't ready to invest in a high-ticket product. It could be that your messaging wasn't strong enough to grab their attention and show them how the course can help them, or you didn't repeat the details about your launch enough times, and so most people who follow you don't know doors close soon or that there's a discount or a special bonus if they act now. The reasons can be many, so don't be quick to judge your course topic. Market research. There are two main ways to ensure you're working on a course that will sell, to see what's out there and to get answers directly from your audience. The first approach is all about research. You can head to big marketplaces like Amazon or eBay and see what sells and check out the reviews. You can then move on to finding other course creators in your niche and see if their business is successful. Oftentimes, you won't be able to tell if that's their main income stream So take a look around their website, see what other offers they have, sign up for their newsletter and get to know the way they teach online. Listen to their podcast if they have one. Learn all about their business journey so far and just study their business model. I love doing this and I don't consider these people competitors at all. There is enough room for us all in any industry and others who've already built a successful business selling programs in the same niche are basically the proof we need to take action. They've done their market research, the audience buys their products, so there are more people out there looking for the same solutions. You can use Instagram or other platforms to find new people and then learn about their courses. Find a few and you'll be led to a few more, until eventually you start seeing similarities in their offerings, the way they teach and how they structure their business. There is a lot to learn just from observing. Your main goal here is to ensure that enough people have the problem your course solves and that they're actually willing to pay for that solution. Survey your audience. The second approach requires you to have an audience, no matter how small. You can then reach out to them in so many ways and simply start conversations, ask questions, and learn more directly from the source, your potential students. Always make sure to mention that your mission is to create something valuable that they want and need, so their answers allow you to deliver the best experience for them. Now let's see how you can get in touch with your followers and start conversations. Feedback forms. Have feedback forms everywhere. The tool I use and recommend is Typeform, but there are many others. 
I include a feedback form at the end of every course I create so I can hear about the experiences my students had, see what I can improve and get testimonials. Sometimes the only reason why I receive any of this information is because the feedback form is right there and it's short and sweet. I also like to send an automated email sometime after the welcome email where I ask them how the program was. I also add a link to the feedback form there and say how much it would mean to me if they take a few minutes of their day to fill it in. You can create a more general form like that and send it to your email list, share the link to it on Instagram or any other channel, or personally send it to people from your audience you've had more chats with. The questions you will ask in it are crucial. When validating an idea with a feedback form, make sure the questions are focusing on the problems people have and whether or not they need a solution. If they would like to have a course on that topic and are willing to invest in a program and do the work it takes, the survey can be anonymous too. Ask them what their main challenges related to your course topic are, what kind of content they prefer, whether they've invested in programs before, and maybe even what the perfect course for them would include. Don't add too many questions. You don't want to take too much of their time or make them repeat answers. At the end, you will gather the data and analyze it, then see how you can improve your course topic, framework, or format based on it. The power of one question. An easier way to do this is by asking just one or two questions, but ask them as often as you can. For example, whenever someone signs up for one of my blogging freebies, they get a welcome email that ends with a question about their current struggles related to blogging. I say, hit the reply button and tell me what's the number one thing you're struggling with related to blogging. This one little addition to the email led to many responses over the years. I then copied each and pasted it in a separate document. This allowed me to see the big picture and create more content based on the most common problems new bloggers had. Some people also thanked me for encouraging them to email me back and said this made them feel welcome in my community. From that email, we started conversations and I could ask more about their blogging journey and learn about their challenges. All this is so simple and yet it can give you more valuable data than the best feedback forms because you're connecting to people and letting them open up to you. They share what's on their mind, what their experience with other courses has been so far, what more they think they need, and so on. That doesn't mean they will buy the moment you launch because there are many other factors that play a role into taking the decision to invest, but you're learning more about your ideal student and that's priceless. Chat with your potential students on socials. Another way to connect with people and hear about their problems as well as validate your course idea is to use similar questions to those in your feedback form but directly on socials. What's important here is that you already started forming relationships with people. Maybe exchange DMs with some, know who they are, engaged with their content and are truly trying to serve them, not just use them for marketing purposes. Six weeks before pre-selling my course Fearless Content, while I was warming my audience up on topics related to the course, I used Instagram stories to get some feedback. I said, I need your help, content creators. I'm working on something new and exciting, and I really want to make sure it brings you massive results. It's all about content creation, getting unstuck, using your unique gifts and energy to create the best content you can with ease, and building or growing a magnetic brand. All you have to do is vote on the next three polls. Then I asked three simple questions. The first one was, are you creating content online for your side hustle online business? 
and its goal is to qualify leads. With this, I wanted to make sure only those who are actually content creators will respond. The second one was, if so, how is it going? And I gave some possible answers. Here, the goal is to see if they are happy with how things are going for them right now or not. And the third question was, what do you think is stopping you from creating your best content and building a magnetic brand? Again, I gave some answers they can choose from. This one is to narrow down their main struggle if they have one. In the final story, I said, Then, as a thank you for voting, DM me with your biggest struggle related to content creation or blogging and I'll get back to you with my best and most actionable tips that you can implement ASAP. Use my examples to create your own super casual and short survey that you can use on socials. Save all your answers in one place, reach out to some people after they respond and start conversations. It could be just to thank them for answering. You can also make a list of those people as they might be interested in your upcoming program. Instagram is a good place to personally message everyone when doors open and invite them because based on the answers, you think they are a good fit. But use your intuition here. Do it when it feels right. When there are signs that the person on the other side is actually interested and you won't just bother them or make them feel uncomfortable. After that survey I did on Instagram, I DM'd some people I've already been in contact with and asked some if they're full-time in business or complimented their current content. If someone lives in my country, I ask where and we start chats about that or asked more about the problem someone struggles with or offered some quick tips. It was always genuine though. Show you are a real person. Start chats. Keep it casual. And never push anyone to do anything. That's what Instagram for business is all about. Now go do your research. You have nothing to lose by asking your audience questions, so get started on that as soon as possible. Your epic course name. In this chapter, you'll see five methods for naming your course and can choose the one that feels right for you. If you really focus and then write your ideas down, you'll be able to come up with your epic course name and subtitle today and never think about it again. Method number one, the descriptive name. The first approach is to pick a name that describes what your course is about, what it does, or who it's for. It can be a how-to title, one that simply states what you're going to teach, or two or three words that describe the main topic. My blog audit offer, for instance, is just what it promises, and the subtitle says, get a professional audit of your website and blogging strategy plus a growth action plan. NATO Chart 101 is a course by Natalia Benson, the subtitle is more descriptive and mentions what the course is about and what the benefits are, but the title itself is simple and targets beginners. That's a pretty good practice. Add the word beginners or 101 to indicate what level the course is and who it's for. Another example is Finance for Founders by Founder Magazine. Having two words starting with the same letter makes it catchy. A course by Pat Flynn is titled A to Z Webinars a step-by-step -step roadmap to help you create and deliver webinars that work. Another example is the essential Photoshop for small business, bloggers and freelancers by the Every Girl. Method number two, the results name. Another option is to pick a name that focuses on the desired result, such as who people want to become or what they want to have, and more specifically, on the journey from where they are now to where they want to be. A good example is Hiding to Shining, a course on branding I've taken from Jade Scarfone. 
Another one on running with a similar type of name is Invisible to Impactful by Kate Crocco. Also a good one is Elevate, Ground and Protect by Yes Supply. And Heather Lynn B uses that principle for both of her courses, Passion to Profitable Niche and Niche to Ebook in 30 Days. Method number three, the framework name. Next, you can use your framework's name or something similar. An example is the Dream Over method. Other cool words you can use include formula, system, strategy, and process. My main blogging course was called Financial Freedom Through Blogging, which described its benefit and what it teaches, but I later changed it to blog to Biz System. Other examples include the Work Smarter Strategy by Holly Bray, Rapid Course Formula by Nathan Chan, a founder, and Sales Page Slay Method by Self Leadership Global. Method number four, the academy name. Another way to come up with the best name for your course is what I call the academy name. Both business school is an example of this. Other words such as school, academy, or university, and you are done. But that usually means it's a bigger program, one that helps with many problems, not just a mini course. An example is the Manifestation Babe Academy, where Katrin Zinkina, one of my favorite people to learn from, teaches all she knows about manifesting your dream life. There are many modules, a lot of information, and you literally leave the course as a different version of yourself. It also involves more work than other programs, which only cover one aspect of manifestation, for example. Another example is Brittany Raid and her course Cycle Your Business Academy. The word accelerator falls into that category too, and an example is the Sales Mastery Accelerator by Kate Scudder. And finally, B-School by Marie Forleo. Method number five, the keyword plus power word. This is one of my favorite combinations. If nothing else worked for you, this will. Think of one keyword, one word or phrase that describes what you teach or your framework, your niche even, or anything else. Make this the main part of your course name and add a little something such as a powerful adjective, noun, or verb. Examples of power words include mastery, quick and easy, unique, bold, accelerate, complete, scale, perfect, thrive, hero, and badass. Each of these is really powerful and evokes an emotion. Decide what the best effect would be that fits your course, framework, and even your personality and style and turn it into an epic name for your program. I did that with fearless content. But people won't know what the course is about if this is the first thing by me they stumble upon. That's when the subtitle helps and why I chose a descriptive one. A four-week program to unlock your best content, uplevel your brand and create profound impact. It describes the results people will get. I also use that principle in my bold niche masterclass and in Money Magic. Power words make a huge difference. Let me share examples by other entrepreneurs now. Gawa Darling's program, Goddess Body, has a short and sweet name, but those who follow her know it includes practices such as tapping to reprogram your mindset and manifest your best body. Her brand is quite big and the audience engaged, so she doesn't need to explain too much. An epic course name is enough for people to grab her offers. I also like the name Ebook Empire, the step-by-step course to writing and launching your successful ebook in four weeks by House of Brazen. Taylor of Aligned and Ambitious has the perfect names for her programs. 
five-figure flow, and rich and repeatable. She likes to use the same first letter and that creates quite the effect. Finally, I wanted to show you the names of the programs of Jenna Black, a business and wealth coach, because they are just next level. The main ones are Wealth Seductress, Magnetic Looks, and Luxury Soul. Her masterclasses are titled Sexy Soul Sales, The Queen Frequency, Energetic Luxury, and Next Level Queen. With each, she makes a statement. Her whole brand, together with the visuals, are feminine, luxurious, and magnetic. She's done a great job with her business, and the names of her programs are just one small piece of the puzzle. Final tips. So these are the five methods for naming your course. And here are my best tips to follow when picking your name. Keep it simple. The fewer words you use, the better. Avoid a name that might be confusing. The fact that you get what it means right away doesn't mean your ideal students feel the same. If the name itself suggests something different than what they want, they might not even check out the sales page to learn more. Make it memorable. This is your signature program and what you'll be known for in the online space. If it's unique, easy to remember and interesting enough, more people will pay attention. Google it to make sure it's not taken. If there is something similar, you might want to switch yours up so it can stand out. If you have more than one good idea, why not ask your audience with a quick survey? It's fun to make them part of the process of deciding something as important as the course name. Now, after all these examples and the different methods you can use to structure your course name, it's time to decide what yours will be. Jot down all your ideas, then narrow them down just like you did for your course topic and pick the winner. This was part 6 of the audiobook experience of High Value Offers. If you want to get the book, the link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Free and Fearless podcast. If you loved what you heard, please tell me what your biggest breakthrough was. Share the episode on Instagram and tag me at Let's Read Success. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you want to work with me, go to letsreadsuccess.com courses to see what I offer. Thanks for tuning in again and I'll see you next time.